This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A quiet day at the Etihad, not. Rodri saw red and then got a red, but at the end of the day, City win and stay top. It's Monday the 25th of September. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to a brand new week, listeners. I um, have to say, it's a great panel today, but not a very healthy one. Staring through his computer screen all the way from Portland, Oregon, is a half-alive Adam Booker. Um, do you feel better than me? And that's a low bar to start things off. You've got the benefit of having been awake for a number of hours. I've been awake for <laughs> <coughs> less than an hour and had a bit of a night at the Timbers game last night. The Timbers are unbeaten in five and have won four straight and moved up into the playoff spots and um we celebrated it, it pretty hard so uh, but i am here at, at 8 30 on the morning in the morning looking at you guys so can't, couldn't be happier mls cup soon come for the yes. timber army um having had their chance to win it a couple of years ago snatched away by the evil cfg uh nycfc so many anagrams going on there um ollie are you healthier than adam or i i'd say i'm, I'm at the moment i'm sipping some yorkshire tea i'm you know i'm getting by i'm at about 50 percent this morning less so um where'd you put yourself on the scale of well, fitness well, a cup of tea sol- solves everything, doesn't it? Um, True. But then again, True. I say that and I'm sat here with a very, very bruised toe after a problem <laughs> with my very, very full, uncollected for months garden bin, which I accidentally dropped on it while putting it outside. So, you know, it just... <laughs> it, and, for, and for listeners wondering why I'm telling this, Adam specifically requested I tell the story in the opening <laughs> segment of the podcast. So, you know, I hope it's entertaining. <laughs> I thought it was uh, I thought it was too funny to have Amos and I just very hungover and our voice is gone for you to say yeah I stubbed my toe taking the trash out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a load um, of garbage, eh? What a load of garbage. Um, should we speak about some football then? Should we speak about some Let's... football before we get on to uh, the 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 mega bout listeners in the second part of this show? We're going to have um, a virtual battle, so stick around for that one. But um, obviously, City won at the weekend in 
what looked to be um, quite rudimentary fashion to start off with for the first 47 minutes of the game, 50-odd minutes, including added time. And then it just descended into chaos. Um, I think it would be remiss of us not to start with the Rodri red card, because that is the talking point from this fixture and all the permutations that it leads to down the line. Please don't speak about Calvin Phillips yet, because that is what we'll be discussing in the second part of the show. But Adam... um, I'd say about 80-90% of people are in agreement it's a red card. There's 10% who still think it was soft, but I assume you've got no complaints with it. It's a mindless decision and and someone of his quality should have known much better. Yeah, uh, it's 100% a red card. If someone had done that to a City player, we'd all be up in arms, all all 100% of us uh, calling for a red card. Mm. So, um, yeah, you can't put your hands around a player's throat even for a split second the you know the precedent's been set this isn't the first player to do anything like this and mm. it won't be the last and every single one of them has received a red most likely um and they probably will down the line as well so it was yeah obviously just a, a moment of madness from Rodri but you think of the player he is you know we think of him as this kind of composed all you know all the stories of his you know, living in student housing and still doing his math homework after getting home from from training on a hundred grand a week and and all the stories like that, you just wouldn't expect something like this from a player like mm. that, um, especially given you know the leadership role that he now has in the team. Um, mm. Yeah, it's foolish. The consequences are a lot more severe than a one game ban and a slap on the wrist. Um, so. Yeah, I would imagine he's got loads of regrets. You know, we heard from Pep that he mm-hmm. apologized to the team afterwards. Um, but, you know, words can only can only uh, cover up so much of the damage that it, it may leave down the line. Yeah, I think that the overwhelming feel here is the fact that City obviously had enough. We know that to get through the game. And I felt at the time City had enough to get through the game against Forest because they were in such a commanding position. It's the, the three matches following, obviously. Newcastle in the League Cup, fair enough. Would he have played? Probably not. Wolves away can be tricky, although this season Wolves haven't really been doing much to, to inspire anyone but the looming game, the Arsenal away game at the Emirates, when you've already got Kevin De Bruyne out, you've, you've got John Stones out who hasn't played so far this season. He's nursing an injury. Oli and Bernardo Silva as well, obviously, but it, it was just a ridiculously stupid thing to do. I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm not excusing it, but we've all been there on a football field where we see red. Um, and, and as I alluded to in the interview, quite literally, Rodri got red. But it, it just, it, it happens. Don't get me wrong, it happened. Fernandinho did a similar thing against Chelsea all those um, years ago in Guardiola's first season. But it, at that stage of the game, it was, what what was he thinking? Since he was 2-0 up against the Forest team, who were just, you know, not really doing much. It's complete and utter nonsense. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's probably the last player you'd expect it from. You know, he's always been this very stand-up, you know, the, the guy who keeps the team running, the guy who's, who you know drag his teammates away from any fights like that usually. So that's I think that's the kind of most sickening thing about it. It's just not like him at all. And for what it's worth, it doesn't look like something was said. It just looks like a standard, you know, two mm. two, two opposing players having a go at each other, and then one takes it way too far. Um, anyone who disagrees with that red card, I'm guessing you haven't actually watched it because you know mm. it's the most obvious red card I think we've seen this season. To be honest. It was ridiculous. And you can tell the anger. Mm. It's not about the game situation we're in. It's about the games that he's going to now miss, especially Arsenal, um, because that's a huge fixture. 
Um, you know, City have always been prided on being a team who know how to keep their heads, don't get overly emotional, don't go too far, don't really ever push the line in that regard on mm. the pitch. And then to see, you know, one of your key players, probably probably our most important player, Absolutely. do something like that um, at such a needless point. And, and it felt like there was a lot of just needle in that second half the whole way through. You know, uh, there was a moment with Edison and, and Tawaini. There was, you know, I think 10 yellow cards or something in that game. Um, you know, whether you call it bad refereeing or whether, or whether he lost control, that's a different conversation. But it was a very needly game and became a very, very scrappy game. When it looked like City were set to dominate from 15 minutes in, you know, two great goals and... And then it just kind of all mm. went downhill from there. Come out for the second half, and it's complete and utter head loss on the pitch. Um, it's it's absolutely inexcusable from Rodri. It remind, I think what uh, Pep said it was like the Walker one in Leipzig a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. And he dropped Walker for games after after his ban was up. Well, that, no, his ban wasn't over because it was in Europe. But you know, he dropped him for games immediately mm. after at a key point in the season. Um, I don't know if he'll do that with Rodri, considering how important Rodri is. But it wouldn't be so surprising mm. if he did say, "No, you're not coming straight back into the team." It would be. I would mm. be. I would be. I wouldn't be surprised by it at all because it's infuriating. Yeah, yeah, it was a really strange one. Um, obviously, down in my corner, um, my corner is as it will now forever be known, the Amos corner at the Etihad Stadium. But he, he obviously got pushed by Gibbs White to start off with, which you know, Rodri's a player who does that to multiple players anyway. He knows how to wind people up, and I guess it was just a case of that red mist comes over someone, and, and it, it does happen. Um, like you say, long term, it'll be interesting to see if he's reintegrated straight away. You suspect he probably is because I'm in full agreement. I said it before, he's the most important player to City. Um, Harlan does that okay, not ideal, but these players who can replace him, any of the defenders, etc. Kevin De Bruyne will see City play so well without him. I, it, it's just he's that player. He is that guy for City, and it's it could cost City um, down the line, which obviously will be a weight on his shoulders. Adam, um, a, a, a bit again. It's been a, a polarizing weekend. It has to be said on opinions. People suggesting um, Anthony Taylor had a bad game. Now that is obviously Anthony Taylor is uh, his, his history is well known with Manchester City, and, and fans have their opinions. But I was a bit shocked by that as well. I've been taken aback by a few shouts this weekend because, granted, there were a few. Um, um, soft fouls towards the end of the game as Forrest were pushing to try and get back into it and you know City getting frustrated but it was it was a very un-City like performance in that second half obviously 10 v 11 is, an, is a leveller but it just it, I don't know I, I was a bit surprised some people trying to pin the blame Guardiola included actually I think he said that it, um, his referee and helped the game descend into chaos or, or something along those lines but I think City would have only had themselves to blame had they not taken um, three points yeah, I don't remember having any sort of um, negative feelings about the refereeing performance. I remember maybe two or three minutes where I felt, ooh, the last few minutes have not been great and mm. it's starting to get away from him. But two or three minutes out of a 90-minute game is you know, excusable, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, coming from a stadium that clapped Rodri off after he might have just fucked City for a couple of weeks, yeah. um, I'm not yeah. sure I care how you feel about the decisions on the pitch. Um but yeah, I don't. I didn't necessarily walk away from that game thinking, "Oh, that's mm. shocking refereeing." I think it was fine. There was moments he wasn't great. There was moments where I think he got the decisions correct. Um, that's just football, isn't it? Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. There's been much worse refereeing performances at the Etihad this season. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that came on. But obviously, ticking the boxes, and we can now speak about the actual football itself. Because Oli, I felt even in spite of the red card, that second half from City was wonderful. Um, Forest bar the Edison save, which is a wonderful stop, by the way. I don't feel like there was any moments where it looked like they were coming close. Maybe a couple set pieces, but in retrospect, you know, it wasn't. You're not looking at it going, "Oh my god, we got away with that one. We're under the cosh." Granted, it was backs against the wall and City had to defend and they had to play differently. But the spirit and the courage going down to 10 men to see the game out with relative ease, it has to be said, I felt was um, a real a real showing for City. Something we've, we've not seen before because we've not had to see it before. But it's nice to know that that is still possible for City. They, basically, they love to defend, as we found out last season. Yeah, I tweeted at half-time about... Um... You know how a lot of people say for teams like City who've won so much and won repeat and won repeatedly every year that the hunger is so hard to maintain. But this is a team that looks hungrier than ever, and I think that second half proves it. Um, you know we've we've got so used to this team being so brilliant with the ball, um, dominating opponents. For them to do that with ten men on the pitch and just go, no, we're going to sh- we're going to properly properly shut this game down and just see it out and just however nearly it gets however scrappy we're not gonna you know we're not we're not gonna let this slip now we're just gonna keep this going um and they did and they were really and it's really professional and it's something we haven't really seen from Guardiola even when we've been down to 10 men before I remember against uh Schalke in the Champions League a few years ago Otamendi got sent off and we ended up winning 3-2 but it was Shot. a very very <laughs> scrappy game and you know, just one of those kind of really horrible, and it, and it took you know two moments of magic, one from Sane, one from Sterling, to and a long ball for Sterling to win it. Um, you know, it's moments like that uh, that I think define teams, um, no matter what happens afterwards. And that was again that defines this team. You know, this is a team that have committed to not always being the prettiest when their backs against the wall, but they get the job done, and that's what they did yesterday. And to be honest, it, it, in a way, it's quite entertaining to see City play like that sometimes. Um, you know, we don't mm. want to see City 10 men down without our best play, without one of our most important players. But knowing they can and, you know, being able to laugh about it at the end of the day, going, actually, that was a really, really good performance. Um, you know, it, 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 it speaks wonders to this team and their versatility and their hunger and their ability to just keep going again and again and again. Yeah, certainly. Um, Adam, one of one of those players who who I felt was crucial in that was Phil Foden, and and just going like on the whole, it was such a spirited, wonderful performance um, in a different way, obviously than we've we've seen before. We know City can blow teams out of the water and win five 0 but to see them do that and to have the energy and to almost the the control and the the confidence to surrender possession in a different the control in a different way is what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, it was it was it was really reassuring. It was, and yeah, Foden and Holland as your kind of outballs whenever you would win possession back sitting in that low block were really, really important, and, and they could have probably put the game away on a couple of occasions had they mm. been a bit more ruthless going forward. Um, but I think just in general, it was a really, really important win because you know it has nothing to do with the opponent or you know where we are in the season. In fact, we're obviously quite early in the season, but you know up to this point, there hasn't really been a game in which maybe Sheffield United away in which you have to come back from a late goal. But there hasn't been a game in which you're really under the cosh for any long period of time and kind of have to win the game in a different way other than just sitting camped in an opponent's half and trying to pick them apart. Um, 
So it, it, I think it was really important for City to have that little bit of jeopardy and to have to find a different way to do things because down the line when your opponents have more to play for, there's more on the line in general, mm. um, you're going to have to win games in, in different ways. And we saw that in the Champions Champions League run last year, You know, particularly going to the Bernabeu playing the way they did and then coming back to the Etihad in the second leg and playing a completely different way. Um I think this game had a bit of the Fulham at home from last season feel where yeah. you have to pull a victory. Not that City were ever really, you know, under any pressure to lose this game. I think, you know, um, Nottingham Forest did, didn't do enough to trouble City when they had the extra man. But to, to, to win a game in these circumstances where typically your back's up against the wall, um, I think it's something that they'll be able to draw on later in the season if if – these circumstances arise in a much bigger game. Yeah, um, and and going back to it, the Edison save. Um, when, when it's a game like that, when when you are obviously ten versus eleven, and, and the opposition team are looking to get back into it, you, you a couple goes up to have a keeper to pull off a save like that in in that in that testing circumstances. I thought was what thought was absolutely wonderful. Um, and he continues to get the praise after what has been a difficult couple of years for him. It has to be said, but um, yeah, he's, he's been stuck by, and, and obviously Ortega's had a, a part to play in that. But um, he's he's flourishing, City flourishing, Haaland scoring goals. Obviously, got another one, um, Mateus Nunes with the assist. But, Oli, anything else to add on the match itself before we get to the main event in part two? Um, well, I think what, one thing I, I really want to say again is just Julian Alvarez because I just think he's how, how integral he's become to this side in the mm. last couple of games, especially in the absence of Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, him, Foden and Doku are like little chaos merchants. They just run around and get mm. the job done, you know, and they can score do amazing things with the ball at their feet. Um, you know, and we've seen that from Foden so many times. We've seen that already from Doku uh, a couple of times this season. But we're seeing it from Alvarez, what feels like every week at the moment. You know, you go in into every game thinking, oh, this could be, he's going he's gonna to score today or he's going to do something amazing today. Even if it doesn't come off, you're still kind of wowed by him. So I always want to make sure he's getting his praise because he's, uh, I think I would probably argue he's been one of our most, if not the most consistent player this season in terms of overall or all-round role. I think he's been fantastic. Yeah, it's it's difficult to argue with that. He's he's flourishing in that role and he's looking fantastic. And I, I, I again, go back to it. I'm not quite sure how anyone can have any criticisms with, with what he's doing. He's a, a truly wonderful footballer. Um, right, OK, that'll do for part one. Stay exactly where you are. We'll be back in a moment. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you haven't already, please follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated as well. Um, right, okay then, on this lovely Monday morning, we've got a new segment to bring you. Um, how often we do this, I don't know. It could be a one-off, it could be a new fan's favourite. But it is basically, it is called You Love to See It. And it's a section in the show where one of our lovely contributors will have a little bit of time to speak about something they loved to see over the weekend's action. Um, Ollie, you're going to take it up first for today's show. Um, what did you love to see over the weekend? I think yeah, there's a lot of moments from that game. 
uh, that were you know com- comedic in in the greatest way. You know, where, you know whether it's players scrapping over the tiniest little things. Edison is always a great pick for this, um, but I think it really has to go to Pep Guardiola this week because that man is just the funniest human being to watch when he's pissed off. He's so funny. Mania. I think Sam Leeds called it maniacally laughing at the fourth official um, <laughs> after his after his yellow card and at other points throughout the game. Um, he is an ent- a born entertainer and he doesn't even realise it. Uh, he could command that stage all on his own at some points. He's hilarious to watch. And it just mm. it's one of the many reasons I'm so glad he's our manager. You absolutely do truly love to see it. Yeah, Pep is um, Pep is an interesting fella to watch. You, you almost feel like you should have a Pep cam for most of the game because, um, especially in matches like that, he just completely loses his head. Um, but anyway, yeah, you do love to see it. Pep Guardiola being Pep Guardiola, you love to see it. Let's get into another of the main talking points then, because I said it has been a divisive weekend, and I don't think there has been ever in the history of Manchester City Football Club a player who divides opinion more than Calvin Phillips. Now, he came on in the 51st minute, obviously after the Rodri red card. It's interesting. I think um, Mike Manai said this on Twitter, but the fact that uh, Calvin Phillips gets his opportunity, having not been played much last season, having only had a handful of minutes this season, to such a big game, to such a big occasion, given the red card, it, it did make me laugh a little bit. But alas, he got he got thrown on um, forty five minutes or so to play. Now, personally, after full time, I sent a tweet out myself saying credit to Calvin Phillips, thought he was excellent when he came on, he did the job he was there to do. I didn't think that would turn out to be a controversial opinion, I have to say, but there were some interesting responses, which we will delve into now. Ollie, you have firmly, for, well, eternity, been in the camp that (laughs) Calvin Phillips is useless and and shouldn't be at the football club and needs to be sold and sent on loan to Harrogate Town or whatever provincial Yorkshire town he'll um, he'll be playing football at. What was it for you that you didn't like with his performance? Because I have to say, I've been flabbergasted by some of the takes. Well, I, th- I think simply if we're looking at yesterday's in isolation, and, I, and, and this is the wrong thing to do with Calvin Phillips, it's looking at him in isolation is the bad way to do. You have to assess his whole career. But in terms of the weekend's performance, it's just I don't think his decision-making is at the level of a Manchester City player. You know, making those runs up the right wing you know, ball at his feet. Yes, okay, it's getting the ball further away from our box, but you're a defensive midfielder. We're down to 10 men. Get back and defend and protect the back line. That is your job. That is your job, especially in that situation. It is not your job to be running up the right wing thinking you're Erling Haaland or Phil Foden. You are not that guy. And it's just, he feels every game I've seen him and... This is, this is the one thing that has always confused me about him, especially now he's had a year of training or over a year of training with Manchester City. His awareness of his teammates is still a couple of seconds behind. That is the sort of thing that you don't get him, that you can't really learn in just matches. That's training. That's knowing what your teammates are going to do at all times, which is a key tenant of, of, a key tenant of Guardiola's system and how he likes to play football. So it's, it's really infuriating that after, still now these same things keep happening and happening and happening with him. Um, I do not think, contrary to it, I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's a Manchester City player. And, you know, that's really unfortunate for him. 
who can who can turn down Manchester City when they come in for you? I do not blame him at all for taking the move. I do not blame him at all for even, you know, coming out this summer and saying, no, I want to fight for my place. I want to stay at City. I want to try and make it work. But when the club are trying to sell you, when the cl- when the when the manager is clearly not favouring you, and you know, yesterday you've got to think if Kovacic was available, it would have been Kovacic coming on or whoever or whoever. It's the fact that his only other option for that position really was a left-footed centre back in Nathan Ake, who came on anyway a few minutes after, or Rico Lewis, who for as great a footballer as he is, and we all love Rico. He's a fantastic footballer, but he is not the person you want to be bringing on at 50 minutes with 40 to play in that sort of situation because that's a hell of a lot more pressure on him than it should be on Calvin Phillips. This is the sort of game where Calvin Phillips coming on should be no problem. I don't think him coming on yet, him coming on at the weekend is a problem. I think the fact that he's still here um, and that, you know, the fact that we're, we've been put in this position and, you know, it's okay to say the club make mistakes. I just think they've made a big, big mistake here. Um, and it's one they're going to have to. It's one they're going to have to live down because he's more than happy to sit on his contract. And I don't blame him for doing that. It's the club's fault, not his. But he's just for me. He's just not a Manchester City player. I'm brave, um, Adam. Poor Manchester City having a 50 million pound international footballer that they're able to bring off the bench in a game where they were two 0 up and one two nil, having been ten versus eleven for the majority of the game and barely giving away a chance. Um, where is us? I guess. Yeah, I'm not even sure where to start with this. Um, I think for a start, the expectations are just far too high. He's a mm. he's the fourth choice midfielder, and he came on because, as Ollie rightly pointed out, and I fully agree with, because other players that would have come on before him were injured. Mm-hmm. He came on in a game where you're 2-0 up, down to 10 men. Clearly his instruction was to sit on the edge of the box in front of a back five and just be be a pylon, essentially, with with hair. That's what he was. And <laughs> the complaints of him running down the wing, and we don't know what his instruction was. Perhaps he was told, if you can be an outlet, be an outlet and take the ball into the corner. We don't know. But mm-hmm. the, the criticism is just, where does it come from? We've seen seconds of him. We, we haven't seen him actually play in City's best team from minute one and get an actual good run out. It's unbelievable to me that we can just criticize someone on these little peanuts of of football that we've seen because we we truly do not know how good he is we've net we've ne- never seen him close to his ceiling mm. we've probably seen his floor in moments but it was in times when city were all at their floor you think of the southampton away in in the league cup last season um i, I put this out online yesterday i think he's getting a bit of the um jack Grealish in his first season treatment which was if everything he touches doesn't turn to gold, it's it's a negative. But that's, I think it's just confirmation bias and watching a player that you already think is shit. So everything that he does that isn't perfect mm. is shit. But that's not how football works. Like you said, he came on. He sat in front of a back five. City didn't concede. He didn't do any, he had no major <laughs> mistakes. He didn't give the ball away to concede a chance. He just was fine. He was just there. He mm. was a fourth choice midfielder in a treble winning team. Let's not forget, we need players like that. We need mm. players that can come on and just be a guy. You don't you don't need Rodri's all the way down the depth chart. You can't afford it. They're not going to want to stay at the club. You need a player like Calvin Phillips who's just a mid-level Premier League midfielder. If that's what he is, if that's his level, that's still useful. 
It's still useful mm. to have a guy like that that starts for England to come on and help you win, see out a game. I, I just I don't get what the hoobla is that he's not fucking Zinedine Zidane yet when he's played about thirty full minutes with the first team. It's just the, the expectations are through the roof, and it's I think it's totally unfair. And I'm gonna go. As far as saying that it's fucking entitled is what is what it is. It's entitlement. Note to self, get Adam really pissed, hung over, and bring him on a show every single week. Because that was... Uh, <laughs> that, that is how I already am else. on every single show. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I, I, I mean, I think I've made my, my thoughts clear on it um, a number of times. And, and I'll try and be a mediator. And, and, and I do see both sides. I think the thing, the thing that people who support Calvin Phillips if you can call it that uh, trying to get across is the fact that he isn't you know he's he wasn't brought in to be a world-class starter he isn't going to be a world-class starter he's there to alleviate the minutes on what is a stretched midfield a stretched midfielder in Rodri and there is a bit of irony the fact that his first chance to maybe get some meaningful minutes in the city shirt comes after a mindless mistake from Rodri but Ollie do, do you not just feel as if having a player like that because I, I mean, some people think he's genuinely dog shit and shouldn't be in the shirt. And maybe, you know, you've you've made your point that maybe he should be should have been sold. But do you not think it's useful to have a player of international quality? This fella's played in a European Championship final and, and did well for England in that tournament. You know, he's not he isn't there to be the best in the world, but just to have an extra body in that midfield. Because what's what's the alternative? Or who's the alternative, I should say? Um, go out and sign another 80, 90 million pound midfielder who will either have to play every week and then get sold because they're not happy or you know disrupt the the dressing room I don't know I just feel like his mentality matches the club he wants to be here we should be lapping that up we should you know a player who said no I want to stay and fight for my place you know I don't see I genuinely I'm 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 a bit baffled and a bit bemused it has to be said there's me being the mediator you should see what it's like when I go um on a partisan (laughs) round myself Well, yeah, I mean, it's quite funny that this podcast was meant to be two anti-Calvin Phillips and has now become two pro-Calvin Phillips versus one, um, <laughs> which I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not at all kind of. Um, well, I can't think of the word, but it doesn't matter anyway. Um, I think the thing with Calvin is nobody in their right mind denies he's a decent player. We saw him play at least. He's a good foot. He's a decent footballer. The point is, even to be a backup at Manchester City, you have to still be a bit of a level above that. We're not I'm not asking for two Rodries. You know, we've and we've had that in the past with with when we had Fernandinho even towards the end of his career Fernandinho was still a brilliant player on his day. But the fact is, you know, we talk about Calvin needing to come in and alleviate minutes. When did he do that last season? Yes, we can talk about how it was a difficult season and a difficult end of the season. But there's been times in the past where Guardiola has still changed to his team because he knew he had to. Towards the, the last five months of last season, he couldn't do that at all because of Calvin Phillips. He didn't want to do that because of Calvin Phillips. He didn't trust Calvin Phillips. There's been many, many articles written about how hard it is to regain Calvin Phillips' trust. And maybe these next two games are a perfect opportunity for that because you'd expect he's going to start against Newcastle and would have before Rodri's uh, red card anyway. And he might get a chance against Wolves. But the fact is, our backup defensive midfielder is not a shoo-in to start when the when the first-choice defensive midfielder isn't in the team. Speaks volumes about him. And if we're talking about options, I look at someone like James Ward-Prowse, who's been available for similar money for a couple of years. And, and you know, he offers more 
set pieces, which City desperately need at the moment, especially with Kevin De Bruyne out. He off- I think he offers more industry in midfield. He offers a much better injury record. Um, and, he's not a holding midfielder, though. He's, no, but I don't. He's not a holding but the midfielder. Point is, but the way we build this squad, we need we need players who are versatile, and we've so got who, that. But who would who would who would play holding midfield? Because he's he's not a holding midfielder. Kovacic, you know, Kovacic, uh, Kovacic Kovacic is, is a Rodri again, not not a holding midfielder. But that, but but that, the, but the purpose of Calvin Phillips is to be a, a Rodri backup. He's not there to yeah. be uh, industrial box to box number eight. Although he did have a decent run and probably should have had an assist if Haaland was away. I, I, I don't like. There is a multi- multitude of players who can do the stuff going forward. His job is is isn't that? And against Nottingham yeah. Forest, he, he did his job. And yeah, that's one. That's the first time he has. That's literally the first time he has done that. That's the first. But we know time his woes. We, we spoke we, about we, his woes. It's also literally the first time he's played any slightly meaningful <laughs> minutes in that's anything but the That's one from one Carabao in my Cup. eyes. <laughs> no, I I, comp- I completely dis- I completely disagree. It's one from one. I remember his game against Leicester where he ended up saying, oh, "I had to ring Marcelo Bielsa because I was so upset about my performance." You know, I like Calvin Phillips as a person. I liked him as a player at Leeds. I would like him as a player at another club. I just do not think he's at the level to even be a backup at this club because you look at how you look at how he has performed and you look at how little he has developed as a player. You know, we talk about first season syndrome at City a lot across the pitch, across the pitch. And you mentioned earlier, Adrian, about Jack Grealish's first season. This isn't his first season anymore. We can say, okay, you know, he didn't play that much, but a player should be able to come on and not be two or three seconds behind his teammates on the pitch. And he was, and he and he has continued to be that. This and the well, point the, is the difference is, is what I do we, not under we, the difference is, and we talked about this a ton last season last season about Calvin, is that he was injured for the first half of the season, not no fault of his own, because he had the dislocated shoulder and, and that needed surgery. And that was the time in which he would have been able to get minutes and earn trust and bet into the team. The only time he was fit is when City were basically in the thick of a treble run. And you're not going to, that's not the time to earn trust for a player. So if anything, this is his first season, in my opinion, because it's the first season in which he actually has any sort of role in the team. You disagree with the the point about him not having the best, you know. Well, it's no, a fact because he was out of an injury, wasn't it? And no, he, he, was out, he, was, he was he he was out he was out with an injury right until before the World Cup. Then he came back from the World Cup, which Pep then called him out on wrongly or rightly. I do I do think very Pep much wrong wrongly. Yeah. I do think Pep was wrong to do that, but it shows for him to go and do something like that. How pissed off he was about it because he's so used to a certain level from his other players, including someone like Jack Grealish who gets. You know, criticised all over the media for his antics away from the pitch, but then he still he can still come back fit and has and has the trust of the play and has the trust of the manager. But the point is, it's not so much the running from you know February March that December January period. He was never brought into the team because he didn't have the trust of the manager. That is that is when he should have been building that trust. That is when he should have been earning that trust with performances in training and everything above. And there's cup games there, and he wasn't pit for them apart from one against Bristol City, where his one highlight for the club is a shot that just went off the bar um it's 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 a, it's a frustrating situation the thing i is, don't is, think we're going to find a, i don't think we'll ever find agreement on this i really don't i'm i'm not even at the end of the day i'm not even defending calvin phillips that's not what i'm doing i'm defending the circumstances that are up against him which is that he hasn't played enough to be judged to the fullest extent and that that's that's the crux of it for me is that 
I don't have a verdict on if he's good enough or not because we just haven't seen it. And you can't use 50 minutes against 10 men where his his sole instruction was to sit on the edge of the box and just boot the ball up to Erling Holland, which was obviously the instruction for everybody, by the way, because that's what they did every time they had to clear the ball from their own defensive half. Um, so at the end of the day, I just don't think you can make a judgment at this point, and that's where I'm at. And so I'm going to be uh, take the humanistic route and not just trash him because I haven't seen enough yet, because I haven't seen enough yet. Yeah, yeah, I certainly agree with that. I, I mean, <laughs> I've said it before, I don't know if Calvin Phillips is good enough or, or not good enough for City. And it may be those who have slated him since minute one end up having the last laugh because he sold. Um, but I, I, it, I, it, I cannot fathom the hate. I cannot fathom the criticism. He's obviously had a difficult time of it. I thought we were a better fan base. I don't know. Um, it's starting to feel a little bit like Manchester United were. Manchester United blue. That's what we are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe it's a little criticism. bit spoiled. Maybe it's not. I, well, I I, it hasn't because I, it, you know it's it's he's a fifty million pound international player and he's had a tough start to life and people are jumping on the back of him because we've won a few trophies. You know, he's one year into his into his city career. Anyway, we've got to wrap. So uh, last word went to me, unfortunately. Um, but everyone's still friends, Ollie. Um, you're going to come back. Cool. Of course, of course. Like, this is this is the thing. Yeah. It's not it's not a personal thing. Speak for it? yourself. Just, we have the. <laughs> well, that's just because. Oh. <laughs> Say no, it. It's not. It's just. Let we it just out. disagree. We just disagree. And I just think you two yeah. are wrong. And I will probably. And I will hope I get the last laugh on this. Otherwise, this has been completely futile. Hey guys, this is Adam checking back in here after we hit. Uh, publish on this episode, we actually had some interesting quotes from Pep Guardiola come out from his post-game press conference on Calvin Phillips. Um, and being the petty asshole that I am, I wanted to come on here and read those quotes out to you. So Pep, after the game, said, in the game today, what we needed, winning second balls, keeping balls, making actions to the byline, personality in long, in long balls, in the corners, he gave us a lot. I'm so pleased for him. He's an incredible guy. Never one bad face when he didn't play. I know he's a player for the England national team. And he, with me, he does not play much, but he played really good and helped a lot. End quote. Just wanted to throw that in there because it absolutely bolsters my argument. And as the editor of this podcast, Ali McCool did not have a chance to get the final words. <laughs> Ali McCool wants Calvin Phillips to fail at Manchester City. Confirmed. Um, Adam... That was a, a nice start to your morning. Hopefully it gets better for you throughout the day. Or are you just going to be one bundle of anger? Are you just going to go walk around your house like smashing things like like the Incredible Hulk? That depends on what the Vikings do in 45 minutes, which, <laughs> which Ollie and I will bond over. So uh, at least that'll yeah. repair our relationship, depending on how that goes. Yeah, true. God, is there, a, is there a middling quarterback or wide receiver for the Vikings who needs criticising as well? A first Actually, yes, there's a, quite a few of them, so... <laughs> Luckily, Ollie go. is new enough that we're we're not having hate fueled <laughs> debates yet. But yeah, yeah, time will come. Um, listeners, let us know which side of the Calvin Phillips divide you fall on. I'm sure it'll be a talking point for many more episodes to come throughout this week and next. So make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. Um, that was lovely, guys. Thank you very much. We're going to have a big hug, make friends, and, and maybe sip some more Yorkshire tea, or in my case, probably a Barocca. Um, that'll do for today. Until next time, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you later.
Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.